0: I believe there's a hero in all of us.
1: You have great powers, only some of which you have discovered.
0: I'm a superhero,
1: ma'am. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero?
0: Initiating surprise in three, this, two, is, one. A real the Real crying Show. show.
2: Ho, 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 ho. It's it's almost a glorious Merry Christmas. What am I hearing in the background? Did you hear something in the background? I I heard something like a. By the way, that is apparently Santa's new method of travel. Tauntaun's pulling the sleigh instead of reindeer. So just FYI. Oh my gosh, we're going to have so much fun today. I'm so excited. Miss Ice is back. Someone made a real lightsaber. Yes, in real life, not fantasy. We're going to talk about that. We have an origin Christmas edition for you. Captain's review of the much-anticipated Cyberpunk 2077 coming your way. And of course, some Christmas movie reviews for you to check out and enjoy. Do you hear it? It's a funny squeaky sound.
0: You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant.
2: I'd say then. Let's rock it! (laughs) You know, if you can't hear a dump truck, then you definitely need us to crank it up here. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hi, guys. I'm The Real Brian. Uh, Is Santa on with us? With his tauntaun?
0: Santa?
2: The next best thing. It's Miss Captain Influence. Oh, oh, Miss Ice! Oh, I and got Captain in there. Oh, <laughs> welcome to you both.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I tried, tried to slip slip in. In. The triumvirate. In.
2: Yeah, I liked it. You know, that was just like Miss Ice. Yeah, remember when you oh, actually called it the the real Miss Ice show?
0: Oh, I yeah. do remember, I remember that. that. I do remember oh. that. Good yeah. times.
2: Yeah. It was good times.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because I was I was, uh, I was uh, hijacking your your show, right? Yeah. And it was the real Miss Ice show. Yeah, we should do that again sometime. That was fun.
2: We should be drinking peppermint hot chocolate like me. Are you guys mm. drinking that right now? It is, wow. That is fantastic. No, sir. Holy cow. That's just, a
0: little bit too much sweet for me. Well,
2: I'm, keep in mind. I'm having a... What, what, having what are you drinking, water again? I have a <laughs> banana smoothie. Oh, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Banana smoothie. So, by smoothie. the way, this
2: peppermint hot chocolate is not too you sweet. you yourself? It's not. Oh, it's so good. This is just a hot chocolate mix. It's a very lightly sweetened one with a little bit of peppermint... Like extract and some vanilla, and it's an oat. It's a combination of oat and flax milk, and that's it. It's nice Interesting. Food. Yeah, I mean, you go to Starbucks, and that's like that's sweet, man.
0: Yeah, super sweet. My no. sister uses essential oil for peppermint when she makes us a pe- like a peppermint latte or mm-hmm. something.
3: Can you? That's really good. Can it's you? Stuff. That's uh, edible, I guess. Right? It, depending that on the quality is, of it. Yeah. Yes.
0: It, it de- well, it depends on the brand, I think. But yep. the ones that she buys for those kinds of purposes are
3: edible how kinky Precise. Hey, uh, uh, so let me understand this do you not like bananas is that the the deal there
0: i love bananas i even love banana bread but anything banana flavored i cannot do
3: but if it it's actual banana it
0: makes me gag yeah even gag. if it's actual banana
3: interesting
2: mm, yeah that's not good
3: oh it's it's a it's my famous
2: what was that Santa's Tauntauns, you know, <laughs>
3: they're, on their, they're on your roof right now. On Chewy,
2: uh, on Vato, on Blitzen, and uh, I don't know what the Tauntauns are called, but they're just out there right now. For some reason, they're here <laughs> on in Jimmy, the studio. On Tiny. On, I don't know why they're here in the studio with us, but okay. Sorry. You were talking about bananas and <laughs> gagging. <laughs> Oh, that was good. That's all oh, man. <laughs> Just, uh, Only on the real bride show. <laughs> Banana smoothies.
0: Banana smoothie.
2: What are you eating or drinking right now, Miss Ice? Anything Christmassy?
0: I've got some peppermint tea. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Yeah, peppermint. Sure. That works. All right. With okay. some honey. My brother in law got me hooked on putting honey in my tea. So
2: mm, yes,
0: that Oh yeah. do. Yeah. I do that now.
2: Okay. So here's a really awkward question. Miss Ice, how yes. much weight have you gained this year?
0: Negative. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we don't have a starting point,
3: so it's not that awkward. You can, af- you can actually answer that. That's if you can totally a totally lie. Point.
0: We don't even have yeah. an idea how much you weigh at all. Fifty pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, you were pretty skinny. I like for the last two months, I've been having just like these really weird issues that seem so out of the blue. Like I had a headache for a solid month. Wow! And Whoa. then, then the day that my headache eased, I got a sore throat. Oh, and I had really? a sore throat for three weeks. What? And then randomly, last week, I don't even know how I got to this point, but I randomly went and checked my furnace filter and found that I had installed it backward. <laughs>
1: <So> uh- <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. For like two That's months, I had been breathing bad air. And th- <sighs> like within an hour after I fixed it, I could smell how clean the air was oh my in my condo. It was amazing. My, my sore throat went away within like two days and wow. I'm still kind of getting rid of all of the gunk in my lungs, but that's, that's gradually going. Yeah. It's so Just crazy. Just because
3: your filter was turned I backwards? Yeah.
0: I know. I Isn't didn't know it, it
3: mattered it? that much. We, we underestimate
2: air quality. We really do. <laughs>
0: Seriously. Yeah. And after your guys' summer, you know what I'm talking about. But oh, I mean like yeah. I, I've never experienced really anything like that for such an extended period of time and just watching what it did to my body yeah. and like how much time I wasted trying to actually panicking about like what am I sick with? <laughs> it's yeah. not COVID, so yeah. what is it?
2: <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. In fact, that's why we got that air soap, isn't that home soap? no, it's it's called air soap, that's what it was. You know, the phone soap stuff that we have, we we bought that years and years ago because they were on Shark Tank and we tried it and it keeps your phone oh, clean. yeah. But they made a air purifier essentially for the you know room air purifier called air soap. And that thing's been amazing. Honestly, I think that kept us from getting really, really sick during the fires this year because mm-hmm. it not only filters, but it uses that, that UV filtration too. So, you know, UV cleanses. And it, anyway, I don't even know all the technology yeah. behind it. It would be interesting to have those guys on the show because they... They figured out the way that most things should purify. It's really cool.
0: That is really cool.
2: But you're right. Air quality really does matter. I mean, that's why people are, are sicker in higher polluted mm-hmm. cities, you know, and that kind of thing.
0: I also wanted to mention it because it's so much like a an immediate environmental thing where you can maybe take strides to change your immediate surroundings in order to help encourage your body to want to work out or want to eat healthy, because those are things that, especially for me over the last month, I have just had no energy because I've I had this headache for a month that I like I couldn't get over. So I took oh. a little bit of a hit in trying to mitigate that. But mm-hmm. you know, it just it feels so nice to just have that normalcy back and, and want to want it again.
3: How did you figure it out? I mean what made you go, Oh, I wonder what my air filters do.
0: <sighs> I asked my mom if she had a humidifier and she said it was on her furnace. And so I was oh. looking through uh-huh, my okay. furnace Documentation about like, does this have a humidifier on it? I probably not because it's like 500 years old. Yeah, it's not. It's like 20, but but like just on a whim, I looked down <laughs> and I saw the arrows on my airflow uh-huh. because it's exposed, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you can't. So the airflow was going against the thing, the, the wrong side use. of the filter. Yes, oh my gosh. exactly.
2: Hmm. Wow,
3: so random. You taught me something new. I mean, yeah. I've always ta- put the air, I've always put it in there with the arrows matching, but. Now I know to pay extra attention to that. So, yeah. yeah,
0: something that you think is like, oh, this is so dumb. I have to change my filter every three months or every month, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm on board. I'm a believer now. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sleep on top of
2: it. It's so true. I have something that I'm like so excited about because this is like so close that I can taste it. I've always wanted a lightsaber. Ah, uh, I've always wanted it. Haven't we all? Yes. I mean, really. And the last time I checked, which I think was last year sometime they were working on ways to create a real live lightsaber in real life and they were running into all kinds of problems and they were saying, you know, if you want like a beam of light, which is kind of the idea from star Wars is that, you know, it would just shoot infinitely into space. And you know, it was funny that I think I talked about this. They showed the earth and they showed these giant beams of light, you know, shining off into the galaxy. (laughs) It was really (laughs) funny. So you have that problem. They're fighting. The second problem that they were having was that they would have to use heated plasma. Of course, And in this particular situation, they were saying that they could not contain the plasma that it would just kind of shoot out, you know, into kind of like a flamethrower style. And so they couldn't contain it into an actual lightsaber beam. Well, somehow these dudes way beyond my, my knowledge and stuff like that, but they got in there and they actually found a way to create a contained beam of plasma energy that is a certain width and also a certain length and they did it, and they cut through stormtrooper armor. It's so cool. I have to share this video. I'm going to put it on the show notes. Did yeah, you guys watch a it? Video about it?
3: Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Isn't that
2: awesome? Yeah.
3: be incredible. Yep. Yeah. That's chemistry, guys. Yeah. Get your kids up on their STEM, kids.
2: Come on now. And then they were talking about ways to change the actual color of the beam too. It was really cool. So yes, I will share that video. the The funny part is the backpack that they had to wear in order to. Basically, the contraption oh, yeah. like looked like a, a ghost. Yeah, it looked like a Ghostbusters proton pack. So I was like, "All right, that's that's pretty much." But it looked like a lightsaber. It was so cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is what I love about science fiction and fantasy, though, is like the the things that really inspire us end up bringing us to these incredible scientific discoveries that are going oh, to yeah. have benefits that far outweigh our nerdery of it. So, yeah. you know, whenever they figure this out, like for reals, reals, because there were still plenty of things about it, including the proton pack <laughs> that, you know, make it really not a lightsaber. Yeah. But I mean, every step toward it is just yeah. so cool. Oh, and yeah. the things that we learn from it are just so cool. I love, considering I love this process.
2: Considering last year, this wasn't even considered right. possible.
0: I mean, how long ago did George Lucas even come up with the idea of a lightsaber? I oh, mean, yeah. We weren't, like we couldn't even approach this really
2: mm-hmm. i love it so many inspirations of actual things that we have today were inspired by star trek and star wars and mm-hmm. other science fiction you know just like cell you said phones yeah, oh yeah cell phones and ipads and everything we're all all star yep. trek the next generation i mean it's just so cool but you're right it's like somebody needs to imagine it you know the scientific geniuses go let's figure this out I've i love think it. we can oh my gosh so much fun okay so speaking of like science fiction like like science fiction like we should like totally like talk about is that annoying or what let's talk about cyberpunk 2077 this is a game that just came out about a week ago it's so funny i was not as aware of this as everyone else was you know i think i'd heard about it but i mean there are people that have been following this thing for eight years 2012 is when they started creating this game and it took them eight years to release it And so everybody's everybody's been like, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest game ever. We got to play this. It's amazing. Everybody needs to buy Cyberpunk 2077. I don't think I've ever heard this much like (laughs) honestly hype about a game ever. You've had a chance to play it. What do you Dude, think, Captain?
3: Have I ever? Last Friday, we were gaming and we were playing Borderlands 3, and Carl, Lord Thunder, shows up to play with us. He said he had just gotten Cyberpunk <coughs> 70- 2077. He was just hyping it up left and right. You know, I was like, you know, I, I've been on the fence about this game. I I'd never really intended to get it, to be honest. Carl's uh, endorsement is what kind of pushed me over the edge. And so that night, I bought it for full price $60. And on Saturday morning, I started playing this thing. And let mm. me tell you what, guys, this one lives up to all the hype over the last several years. I wasn't wow, even looking forward to it. Carl, you changed my life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He
0: he has that uh, effect on people. He really does.
3: The setting of it isn't typically what I would go for in a, in a game, mm. but I was hooked from minute one. And uh, the story, the graphics, the atmospherics, the soundtrack, the character models, the content which is ridiculous in its scope. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They all combine to make this one almost overwhelming in its immersive quality. Yeah. By the way, the studio in charge is CD Projekt, and then their subdivision CD Projekt Red. They're a Polish studio. Yeah. They're responsible for the Witcher series. And they also are the uh, developers of the GOG Gaming Hub, mm-hmm. which stands for Good Old Games, which I didn't know about it. And I found out that CD Projekt, they are now the biggest European gaming studio, even higher than Ubisoft, Hmm, which I didn't realize. So the reason it took them so long to make this, I'm guessing, is because they spent like five of those eight years just coming up with content. Yeah. Because they probably didn't have quite the technology for their uh, Red Engine, which is what they used for the graphics engine on this game. Oh, interesting. Which... It just blew me away. I cannot believe how good the character models are in this game. Yeah. The lighting, the character models, the the flow, everything is just really polished. Yeah. Now, I say that with a bit of irony. Uh, a lot of you people listening are like, yeah, but... Well, the but is that CD Projekt's taken a huge hit on their stock this week mm-hmm. because of all the problems on the console release of this game. Mm. Apparently, people with especially old last-gen consoles, which is almost everybody because almost nobody has a PS5 yet or whatever the Xbox one is. So apparently, the game is very glitchy, very buggy on those consoles. And so people are complaining, they're, they're asking for refunds, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, on PC... Those of us playing in the placid waters of the personal computer <laughs> land, we, uh, we're we experiencing minor bugs. They're there, but they're not terribly distracting, and they're certainly not keeping me from enjoying the game or getting through it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, so hold on. Lord Thunder did mention that there was a bug preventing him from proceeding in his mission. And so he's doing side quests oh, until which, the patch comes out. I don't know which one Oh, it is, dear. But,
3: I wonder which mission it is. Yeah, because yeah, I've mentioned been that going to me. through the... I, I'm well, well into the primary. Uh, there's two or three main missions in the game. And I'm well well into all three of them.
2: And I've heard other things from other people that have said that they're having issues with graphics and or key mapping. You know, if you want to change your controls to a different key binding or there's a number of things, but to me it's like, okay, a lot of games have bugs when they come out and granted eight years, it's like, yeah, you should have fixed this by now. But there, in fact, I was reading it. In fact, the patch, I think already came out this week or, or it's coming out this weekend. I'm not entirely sure, but the first yeah, patch, c- and then they have a major patch coming out in January and then another major one in February. See, and I, I can't
3: wait for those patches because I know they're going to redeem themselves. This oh, game totally. is too good to let these bugs get in the way of enjoying it. That's That's the bottom line for me. I'm really glad I paid full price for this one okay. because I feel like CD Projekt earned that money hmm. in my case. So if you can afford it, I strongly recommend throwing 60 bucks at it. I can't even tell you how many adventures I've had In the 16 to 18 hours I've played it so far.
2: Nice.
0: Crazy. So awesome to hear.
2: How many times have you heard people say, Oh, I'm so glad I paid full price for a game? And I would say less than 10% of the time. In fact, we were talking about, you know, with Star Wars Squadrons, we paid the quote Uh full price at 40. And we were all talking about, you know, was it worth it? In the beginning, we're like, Yeah, it's totally worth it. I would now update it to say, No, it's worth 2025 because it's a good game, but I mean, we're already all getting sort of tired of it.
3: Yeah. There's not much depth to it at all. Yeah. Once you it, get through it's the campaign. Certainly
2: very short. It's very repetitive. Yeah. So no, I mean, was it worth 40? No, I de- honestly, I would have been really upset if I paid 60 for that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. So glad yeah. that I paid only 40, but if I had paid 20, I'd be happy. And I think that's what the game is <laughs> worth. But I I was asking you and I was asking Lord Thunder and I was asking a bunch of other people that have already played cyberpunk. And then Johnny yeah. Pistol Shot is like, oh, I want to buy it, you know, and then he was saying he was talking to his friends who, all, I mean, most people that I know that game have this game and have played it. And every single person has said, buy it at the full price. This is absolutely oh, yeah. worth it. And I have never heard that about a game in my entire life playing games.
3: Oh me, me, neither. I have I can't remember the last time I've had cause to say something like that.
2: You and I both buy games on sale usually.
3: Yes, I, I try to get games on sale unless it's something mega mega huge.
2: Other people have been saying that you know this is not a game that's going to go on sale anytime soon. No. If oh, you're waiting for a sale, you might be waiting for a long time. But anyway, who knows? Watch some gameplay. We watched you on last Saturday night, yeah. and it was it was just like holy cow, this like is so half, realistic. It flew by, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was watching um, a movie. Let's talk Star Trek Discovery really quickly.
3: I found it interesting that near the beginning they had this very cool and kind of hard to follow temporal theory discussion. It was cool. Um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of nice. They surprised me by going back to the evil Discovery universe again, which yeah. they did in the second half of season one or whatever.
2: Yeah. But which takes I them back say, in the past too, back to the 23rd century.
3: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you're right. In previous episodes, they were kind of building up with the Emerald Chain being the primary antagonist of the Federation, et cetera, and then all of a sudden they went a different direction. But for some reason, I like the evil Discovery crew. (laughs) I think it's their Flash (laughs) Gordon-esque outfits and their Nietzschean society. I I mean, they're they're just—they're total Nietzscheans. If you ever—if any of you watched Andromeda with Kevin Sorbo, (laughs) yes. I love that I love that show by the way. It's good. Uh with the Nietzscheans, you know, they're they're genetically bred mm-hmm. human that have spikes on their arms for some reason. And I don't agree with that philosophy per se, but it was it, fun to see in Star Trek. So. It
2: does remind you of that, actually. It's funny because I was thinking yeah. that too. I was thinking this looks uh, this this reminds me of Andromeda, you know, the Nietzschean side, so that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I found it fascinating that they took a two because this is a part one of part two, a mm-hmm. two episode I'm even gonna call it a detour. From the main story, like you said, they were getting into this whole Emerald chain storyline. They're in the 31st century now and Oh, no, let's go back to the 23rd century and have a total side quest, you know, two episodes of like side filler content that really had nothing to do with the present except for, you know, what's going on with Philippa.
3: Philippa, Yeah, that's it.
2: I was surprised by that. In fact, I kind of thought, you know, maybe one episode or a half an episode makes sense, but doing a two episode feels like, do you not have enough to talk about with your main story? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought it was an okay episode. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had fun, but it didn't wow me. It just kind of felt like I said, filler.
3: Overall, oh, I'd give this one a seven out of 10. Okay. I'd give it like so, a
2: six. It was, C. I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. It just wasn't necessary. Really?
3: It wasn't as good as the rest of the season so far. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Okay, Mandalorian. The latest okay, Mandalorian, Mandalorian episode, episode seven, so it's the penultimate. Mm-hmm. Hey, all three of us watched it. Is that correct? I know. Isn't
3: that
0: weird? I know. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. okay.
3: Emily's finally caught up on, on think- Mando. That's
2: great. Okay, Miss Ice, yes. you get to go first.
0: What? Yes. Oh, I feel so special. Yes. I really enjoyed this episode. I loved the twist that Migs brought in to the whole dynamic from that incessant chatter mm-hmm. <laughs> during their entire Caterpillar ride to the hanger wherever they yeah. were going, you know, yeah. just driving him nuts and Mando playing <laughs> deaf. <laughs> so funny. That was great. How that whole thing played out. I thought that that was really well done. Like you could you could just see in that actor's eyes, the guy who plays Mando, the torture of mm-hmm. should I just die right now? Because somebody's seen my face, you know, and like he just didn't know how to balance it all. So I thought I felt like the very few points that we've actually gotten from the facial acting or the, you know, nonverbal acting from mm-hmm. that actor have been just on point but then mm. other little things i loved they brought ming Na Wen back to play yeah. fennec oh I yeah just
3: oh yes yeah. yep that's right but uh, i like her
0: when they sit down to have a drink with that captain dude it, yeah. it seems like migs is about to betray mando and then it kind of like just turns the table and i really liked that play on it where he wasn't actually betraying him he was getting his own revenge on hold on yeah do they call him Miggs? is that his nickname I can't remember. Were they calling him yeah, Miggs or t- Mayfield?
2: It, it, well, his I name is Migs. Mayfield, but I I didn't okay. know. Maybe they were calling him Miggs. I, I think didn't they called
0: that. him. I I heard him. That that was the only way I remembered his names was was Miggs. I couldn't remember oh, okay. where I'd heard that must him have been from, his son. Uh, I
2: I didn't half the time you're like, what, what
0: are they calling each other? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> like another side mission, of course. But I mean, that is yeah. the formula of the Mandalorian. So yeah, you kind of just have not. to embrace it at this point because. One of the things that I was thinking about is like, because Mando's face was scanned, you know, that's going to come back at some point. Oh, but yeah. With, with yeah. eight episodes a season, we're looking at like, ep- yeah. or season 20 before it actually <laughs> makes a difference. And people so, forget about it and be like, Do you remember guys.
2: back in season two when they were talking about that? Be like, what? 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 <laughs> Put your hearing aids exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. In in 40 uh, years when they finish the story. It feels well, like yeah. it. It really feels it like does it. feel like it. Yeah.
3: I have to say that I really enjoyed one episode without baby Yoda. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly me too. Grogu. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was, it was awfully nice not to have him in an episode for once. Um, however, however, I was not as happy with this episode overall. I thought that it was a fun episode. I didn't have any problem with it per se. But I thought, I thought there were a lot of writing inconsistencies. and But there were elements of this episode I just absolutely loved. The Slave 1
2: bomb, dude. Yeah, the sonic charges. I yes. have loved those for ever since they introduced them in Attack of the Clones. And I was just like, yeah. oh my gosh, when he did that, I was like, oh, here it comes. And that was like, yes. Yeah, I was just I need those. Anyone
3: who's seen episode two will be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I just thought there was some weird, especially once they got into the into the uh, facility and they were trying to figure out how to get past those officers to get to that terminal and get their information and it's like Yes. Why not put your helmet back on if you're worried about them if you don't want your officer to recognize you. I think
2: you left it in the little vehicle. Oh quit quit excusing I'm just bad saying. writing.
0: <laughs> yeah no no I would agree with you though that's so true. There were just I agree a, with a couple things throughout that entire thing that they were really and just trying to prolong what they yeah. were
3: doing. Yeah. I thought that the whole sequence where Mando had his helmet off it just looks so awkward. And so like, what do I do? Yeah. What should I say? It the whole thing was very awkward to me. It felt very, I don't know. I can't really describe
0: it. Well, it was, but I felt like that was totally intentional.
3: uh, Maybe it was, but it, but it was awfully weird.
2: I would say this was a side quest very much as well. And once again, being eight episodes, it's kind of like, it was fun. I mean, I had a good time too, but at the same time, it's kind of like, this is the penultimate episode. Why was it even there? Really? This really had yeah. no purpose in the, the greater scheme of the season at all. There was no purpose to it. It was fun, but the that The last was
3: it. episode felt like a much more appropriate penultimate episode oh, yeah. than this one did. If they this had felt done, like a like middle-of-the-season episode.
2: Yeah, if they had done the Jedi and then the one last week and then gone to the penultimate, I mean, that would have been... Or I'm sorry, to the ultimate, the final yeah. the finale. That would have been amazing. But no, yeah. I mean, so I, I am surprised... Because here's how I'm looking at this. One is the writing is inconsistent. The writing is sometimes good and sometimes bad. Right. There are sometimes exceptional, and I mean exceptional episodes with incredible story. And then Mm -hmm. in the next week, there's like this, what side quest that (laughs) really had nothing to do with anything. Not only is it, inconsistent but it's jerky and so we're not even being taken along on a story anymore we're getting jerked around with all kinds of like lack of flow they need need mad flow and they don't have mad flow and that's the problem but Mm. when those tie fighters swooped in i started cheering and then i was like wait what why am i cheering (laughs) for the empire we're gonna enjoy some little you know christmas slash holiday festivities right now so captain influence i understand you have an origin for us that is from a little christmas
3: yeah, we got a origin. festive origin. It's not its not an origin of a saying this time, it's an origin of a song.
2: Ooh, I and like that it. that
3: song, my friends, is Deck the Halls.
0: Which is kind of a saying. It is. Yeah, I guess,
3: yeah. It is, yeah. based on the song. I learned a lot about this. Uh, it's actually kind of a funny origin. Uh, the tune is that of an old Welsh air, which made me think of you, Miss Ice, since you're learning Gaelic. First found in a musical manuscript by a Welsh harpist named John Perry, dating back to the 1700s. Poet John... Carog Hughes later wrote his own lyrics. A middle verse was later added by folk singers. And then in the 18th century, the tune spread widely with Mozart, allegedly using it in his 18th violin sonata in 1778. And then later, Haydn arranged it under the Welsh <laughs> title Nos Galan. Nos Galan! Nos Galan! So the English lyrics found in the earliest publication of Nos Galan melody are as follows. Are you ready? Yes. <coughs> okay. These guys are going to back me up. I'm so not singing.
2: <laughs> go, ahead,
3: oh, go ahead. Oh, how soft my fair one's bosom.
1: Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la.
0: fa ra 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 ra, ra, ra. ra. I, Oh, I am. how sweet the grove in blossom. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. La la, la la la, la la. Oh, how blessed
3: are the blisses. That's
0: Instrumental the- flourish.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 words
3: of love and <laughs> mutual kisses. As you can see, folk, thank you, by the way. That's why Emily I, as sings, see, and not me. Obviously, the first line is the best. <laughs> oh, how soft my fair one's <laughs> bosom. That's fantastic. Um, it was like a Welsh drinking song or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and then they turned it into a holiday song. The English language lyrics of what became Deck the Hall, the S was added later, Deck the Hall were written by a Scottish musician named Thomas Oliphant, not to be confused with Timothy Olyphant. Yeah, <laughs> although they're probably related. That's possible. Uh, yeah, it is. They first appeared in uh, 1862, you know, during the Civil War, mm-hmm. in Volume Two of Welsh Melodies, a oh. set of four volumes authored by John Thomas, including Welsh words by John Jones Talahen and English words by Oliphant. <laughs> the repeated "Falala" goes back to the earlier Welsh and may originate from medieval ballads. That would so, make sense.
0: That's very cool.
2: So they changed it from, oh, how soft my fair one's bosom, 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 bosom. I like saying that word. Well,
0: you have to say it in a way that rhymes with blossom. Yeah. So so, bosom. 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 Oh, how soft
2: my fair one's bosom. Bosom. In the office when they're talking about trying to rhyme with uh, the Sabre company that they get bought out by, and they're saying Sabre, and and Michael Scott (laughs) keeps saying (laughs) Sabre, bosom. So... (laughs) <laughs> and then it changed to uh, what What are the what are the real words now? I don't even know now. Deck the halls yeah, with vows of with holly.
3: bows of holly. Oh. Yeah. This oh. the season to be jolly. That's right. There we go. Wow. Okay. Well, Gone we now are gay apparel.
2: <laughs> you know, that used to be an innocent <laughs> phrase. Thanks a lot. You've ruined the song yeah. for me. Yeah. Who,
3: who changed the word gay to mean? It was just within the last 50 I mean, years, too, by the way, folks.
2: Happy and joyful. And yeah, I don't know. People change things all the time.
0: Uh, here we go changing the
2: rules changing the rules let's talk about blossoms then and blossoms all right so well thank you (laughs) for sharing that i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm not even gonna approach that one (laughs) (laughs) and we digress say something and then i thought that would not end well
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably a good filter i should have used that fantastic
2: i'm so glad you said that You know, you say the things that most people don't say, Miss Ice. Well, (laughs) but they're thinking it. I got to be
0: good for something. They're
2: thinking it. (laughs) Let's move on to some Christmas movies and stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah, that That sounds sounds good. good. Okay. Well, I want to say really quick that a Christmas TV show that I personally watched Dash and Lily, I think six or seven or eight episodes or something like that short, you know, 20 something minutes. And I thought, I'll check it out. It's fun, whatever. And it is, it's fun. It's, you know, lighthearted. It's your typical cheesy Christmas romance, except it was a little bit more creative. The idea behind it was very creative, felt, you know, heartfelt and positive in that sense too. the one. I'm not even going to call this a complaint as more as it was one of those like, huh? It it was almost like they had a quota to fill as far as like, we need to check every single agenda box out there. (laughs) And so like, TV shows and stuff movies I've never had a problem relating to really the people in them regardless of which generation they were a part of whether it was an old generation new generation doesn't matter I've never had a problem relating to them because we all kind of are you know similar on many levels this one though I was like dude I'm so glad I'm not part of your generation and I've never (laughs) said that I've just I've never said that in my life but it's not an age thing it was this you know how much I believe in valuing and respecting others I'm all for that right This didn't feel like that. It felt like we need to, like I said, meet the quota, check every box just to fit everything in unnaturally. So that was the only gratuitous. Oh, it was overly gratuitous, whatever. It's what it is. Right. But again, that didn't detract from it. It was just one of those things that I was just like, Hmm, that's interesting, but it's still Mm -hmm. worth watching. And what I found interesting is that Fred Savage, a la the wonder years, the man. Yeah. He directed quite a few episodes and Nick Jonas was one of the main producers. It's worth watching. But let's talk. We've got three Christmas movies that we, we decided to preview for you and uh, give you some feedback. So, starting off with Jingle Jangle Christmas Journey. Ms. Ice. what'd you think?
0: I watched it with my family. And my family is very hardcore into classic musicals, you know? So, mm. one of the things that I had found out after watching it was that the, the guy who wrote it, David Talbert, had grown up on movies like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know, so like those, those ones that have those like iconic, iconic moments that. You know, just transcend musicals for the last yeah. 50, 80 years, right? Yep. But he said, I couldn't really get my son to relate to them. And so he wrote this movie as like the modern version of those things that he had grown up on. So they were you know, more or less inspired by those classics, which I didn't really felt like what this one was driving toward, you know, was trying yeah. to be a classic. Once I read about it that way, it actually really changed my perspective on it. Hmm because of like all the things that they did incorporate into it. It's great. It's got all these really elaborate musical numbers. It's mm-hmm. really modern, and it totally reminded me of Hamilton. I thought that a lot of the numbers felt like bad timing with the pace of the plot. Yeah. But I mean, they're all still phenomenal and these actors just can really belt it out. Oh, yeah. So, and I also felt like the movie covered a full range of emotions. They dealt with grief, with joy, with love, with loss, you know, and so there was just so much packed into this. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I could say, like if I, if I had a chance to talk with David Talbert or something, I would say like, why didn't you kind of make Jeronicus the toy maker that the movie's about? Why didn't you make him a little bit more likable (laughs) (laughs) at the the forefront? You know, because like there were so many times where I was like, throughout the entire movie, I'm going, well, he was kind of a jerk to his apprentice. I don't really blame the guy for (laughs) what he did. But then, like, you start to learn a little bit more about what happened to that dynamic way after the fact. And I would have liked a little bit more of him like showing his apprentice some, some love up front to make a lot of that more believable. But Otherwise, I mean, it's such a minor thing in the whole, rather than it, than it being strictly a Christmas movie, it's like a, it's like a Christmas spirit movie, spirit of Christmas yeah, movie, yeah. you know? So Yeah.
3: Because what, what, what did the, the movie didn't really have anything to do with Christmas because not really,
0: it just took place. Christmas over actually Christmas. is. Yeah. Yeah. It
3: just, yeah, it was just during Christmas time. Right. So yeah. yep. instead of a Christmas journey, it should have been a journey during Christmas, perhaps.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you want to get literal? Then yeah, yeah. sure
2: you know, the beginning is it's the kids and it's Felicia Rashad, you know, reading a Christmas Eve bedtime story and they wanted her to read the night before Christmas. But she said, you know what this year, we're going to do something different. I'm going to tell you the story about, you know, your, your history. It was about a magical thing that happened at Christmas, which to me that made a lot of sense. It wasn't just the typical Mm -hmm. night before Christmas story, but I, I mean, I I can see where you guys are coming from. You know, it's so Mm -hmm. funny because I agree with you, like with the, the musical numbers were absolutely fantastic. Now, there were a couple songs that I was like, eh, and there were a couple songs that I was like, dang, that was good, you know? Right. And either way, though, the talent was there. The musical talent, the the singing, the acting, the, the choreography, the costumes, the dancing, I mean, the musical composition in general, everything was actually really, really well done, and I was surprised. In fact, it was kind of like, dang, this, some of these things are, yeah, you know, c- this could is become, legit. yeah, but I would agree with you, and it was the weirdest thing is that, you'd have this either incredibly mysterious magical moment, you know, you know, your, your best magical Christmas movies, you know, pick one. I don't care. You know, a lot of people love the polar express. And so you've got this like mystery and magic of what's going on with the train and where is it going? And before they break into the hot chocolate number, but <laughs> 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 but the, the point is, I was is like wondering. you have that right. And then yeah. it's like, they just break into this song and it goes from, this really cool moment of emotion to, whoa, I just got jerked out of that. And now they're, they're jumping up and down and flipping out and smiling and, you know, <laughs> laughing and singing. And I'm like, what in the heck? So, yeah. Or the other one where it's like, there's this horribly emotional moment going on. And, and I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is really sad. And Sarah goes, but I bet they're going to break into song. <laughs>
0: and they <laughs> did. Like, and they oh, it just totally ripped me out of the moment and I was this like reminds me of a song.
2: Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so in that particular sense, I agree with you that the timing of a lot of these musical numbers was really bad. But all in all, if you were to take them separately, they were very, very well done. But I just mm-hmm. think that the overall direction, I guess, is what I think sort of failed to keep you on that emotional journey. I just think they they really messed that one up and they could have done very well with it.
0: There is an emotional journey. It it may just come down to whether or not you, you like you embrace those musical numbers at the time that they come up.
2: Right? For me, it was the emotion that I was in as the viewer was interrupted with the song. And I've seen other musicals where that doesn't happen. They take you on that like I mean, Les Mis is still one of my favorites. They take you on that musical journey, and your emotions are never interrupted versus this one. I felt like I would have an emotion for the live action moment and then I would have an emotion for the song and then it would change again and it was just my emotions didn't know what to do with it is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. I liked it and I still <laughs> think that it's magical and the story was good and it's a it's a clean and wholesome movie, which was I'm not going to lie freaking refreshing. I mean, I would recommend it. I think it's refreshingly yeah, clean and positive and like I said, a lots of talent in production. So is it amazing? No, they had a potential to do a lot more. But I'm a huge fan of Forest Whitaker and the girl that played Journey. I guess this was her first thing, so and she did really, really well.
0: Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Tony, Captain.
3: I gave it a try. I got about 45 minutes in. I could not finish it. I decided to stop torturing myself. I don't know if I was <laughs> in the wrong place when I watched it. I mean, I was. I was not distracted or anything. This no, is your in style, a good though. Mood. Is it? No, it's definitely not my style. But that being said, I mean, I. I I went crazy for Moulin Rouge mm. when it came out back in the early two thousands. I just I just latched onto that musical mm-hmm. and watched it all the time. I don't know why. I still don't know why. This didn't grab me. If one word could describe this gratuitous. Mm. Just because like like you were saying with the musical numbers. They they threw in a musical number because they were supposed to, even though they interrupted a an important emotional moment. Everyone's smiles and and good naturedness felt forced to me for some reason. There's and again, this might have been worse. Perhaps, yeah. but I mean, I I also grew up on like Willy Wonka and and the Music Man true. and um and all sorts of old school musicals from the you know mid twentieth century, right? And they didn't feel that way. But again, I'm much no, older. No, that's now, true. So,
2: that's true, actually. Because thinking of Willy Wonka, you're right. Like it, you were on an emotional journey for the entire movie. You weren't jerked. Willy out of Wonka,
3: it. Willy Wonka was a masterpiece. It really was uh, of a musical. Yeah, you're right. I still think they should have called it an Xmas journey instead of a Christmas journey. So.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah i but I'm with you though I think I think almost all of us can agree that it just felt disjointed between the story and the musical aspect, but mm-hmm. I do want to hear from mm-hmm. Bentastic too, because he watched it, mm-hmm. and he sent mm-hmm.
1: in his thoughts. Hey, Brian, Captain Influence, Miss Ice, Bentastic here. I hope you've all had a wonderful week. I hope you're all getting into the Christmas spirit by watching lots of wonderful and sometimes overly cheesy and corny Christmas movies. I really enjoy this season and I've been having a hankering for some good Christmas flicks. So this past week I've watched Operation Christmas Drop and just tonight with the family actually we got around to watching Jingle Jangle. Two really good movies. Jingle Jangle was an amazing movie to watch. We just watched that tonight with the family. I didn't like it quite as much as I liked Operation Christmas Drop, but it was good. I really enjoyed the colors they used throughout the the movie. It's really active and vibrant. The Musical component of it. I felt that times like maybe it was forced a bit. It didn't at all times seem to fit, but sometimes through the movie it did. So I think they could have executed better on maybe flowing, transitioning into the songs. And I also think some of the songs had had a couple of really good messages and like some of the lyrics were really good. I enjoyed them, but overall I I think they could have executed way better on bringing the musicalness into the movie. Um, the storyline overall I enjoyed. I always like movies that have that sense of hope or belief and trying. And, and try and bringing that into things. And maybe sometimes that belief aspect might be overdone at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it wasn't in, in reference to a certain red clothed old man. <laughs> <laughs> jingle Jangle, good movie. I would say it's a good one for the whole family to watch. It's enjoyable. Oh, oh what should the Bentastic rating scale be? I would give it three out of five Mounties. All right. hope you guys have a great (laughs) week. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, That's a good point about the messages and the songs and then kind of that Mm -hmm. hope and and belief. That was cool. Actually, I liked that a lot.
0: It was a great way to put it. He said they could have done more to incorporate the musical numbers, but overall, it had a great story and a great message. Agreed. And I I would absolutely agree with that.
2: Very nice. Okay. Well, two more here that I'm going to jump into this one because this was also kind of musical-ish as well. And it's so funny, like you're gonna probably laugh about this one, but it was on, you know, it's one of those that that came in, and it's like, oh, cool, you know, Christmas in the Square, and it's Dolly Parton's, and so of course everyone's <laughs> like, what the heck, Dolly Parton? Well, Dolly Parton. I'm gonna tell I you something. Still around? Oh my gosh. Well, she's not that old, actually. It's kind of funny. She, uh, uh, what's what's interesting is that Dolly Parton is is interesting. She's a incredible musician. You know, lots of really amazing things that she's done over her time. She's extremely philanthropic, you know, just a really honestly a very cool person, Yeah. but she's made a major resurgence in the last few years because I mean, she yeah. was huge, you know, back in the, especially the eighties, seventies, 70s. 70s you know, yeah, yeah, mostly the eighties and a little bit in the nineties and then kind of disappeared for a while. But all of a sudden, like she's in everybody's songs. Like it's really weird <laughs> how much she's just reappeared. So we're kind of like, okay, I like Dolly Parton in general. Let's see what the heck this is all about. I know it's going to have a good message, but, Dude, it is. It was so, so cheesy. So cheesy. <laughs> and I mean, like you're you're thinking musical and I mean, the the musical aspect of this was nowhere near the production level of, you know, anything else we were just talking about, including Jingle Jangle. It was very charming. It was a really good message. It was feel good. And it was something that just made you feel significantly better after watching it, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Right. But it was yeah. so cheesy. I mean, we're talking like. <laughs> It's not like your, your cheese whiz or your Velveeta. Like we're talking probably a nice cheddar, you know, like (laughs) Tillamook or something like that anyway. But what was very fascinating for me, and you're going to both like this one, Christine Baranski was in it who played Leonard's mom in the big bang theory. Oh yeah. She was also in the Grinch with Jim Carrey, stuff like that. She's been a lot, right? She, I think she was in Mamma Mia and just all kinds of other things. And then here was the fascinating one. Miss ice. You're going to love this. Josh Sagara, who played Adrian chase slash Prometheus and arrow. Oh. You know who I'm talking about, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and he was Body. ruthless and horrific and you just you yeah. wanted to hate him and kill him so much because I mean, remember when he when he <laughs> took Oliver's son? Oh, I I remember. Right? And so he shows up and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like <laughs> all I can see is this murderer that is ready to just destroy this entire town, right? And he's playing the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going okay no type cast in there Con- Convince me man and he convinced me he That's did awesome such a good job and i'm like okay this guy can act but here's the thing holy crap can he sing oh my really? gosh he was one of the best singers in the entire cast huh. he almost sounded a lot like josh groban or really josh groban and i just hmm. thought
0: dang okay here's you might have some- just convinced me to watch this because i was not I was not thinking about it. It's cheesy. To.
2: It's cheesy. But anyway, it's a great message. <laughs> it's it's well done. And of course, you know Dolly Parton who I think is 74 was like <laughs> she's that's what I'm saying. She's, I thought it she seems was much like older. To be older than that. Yeah, she did a really nice job. I mean, she's not an actress, but she did a nice job as an actress. But, you know, and she's saying and she's saying she did nice yeah. and it was mm-hmm. really fun to watch. So Okay. Beautiful cool. fun message but total total cheese factor. The other one that I tried, we didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. We just ran out of time was Operation Christmas Drop which was also a new one. And and the reason we wanted to check this one out is because it's based on true, you know, there's operation Christmas drops that happen in remote islands. And so, you know, the military goes around and they drop not only just presents, but like actual supplies and medicines and food and stuff like that for these people who need that because they don't have the, the means basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's based on what happens with the operation Christmas drop, which is a true thing. And then of course the actual movie itself was, was more of a dramatized thing, but we watched half of it because that's as, as much time as we had. But so far I was like, okay, I'm really surprised how much I'm enjoying this. I did not expect that to be like this at all. And Bentastic, on the other hand did get a chance to watch it and he had some really cool thoughts. So I'm going to play him.
1: I found it a really enjoyable movie. Like I loved, loved it. And I'm one of those guys oh. that I do enjoy the, odd rom-com uh movie with a bit of romance in it so i don't mind that at all i came out of it thinking you know this is like the feel-good christmas movie of 2020 i feel they executed really good on the storyline it wasn't overly corny or sometimes the movies are just overly Emotional too. Captain and Brian, you guys talked about that last week in the episode about sometimes some shows just tug on the heartstrings a bit too much too consistently throughout. But I think I didn't really feel like there are any hidden agendas and I think they executed amazingly on the storyline. It was just a really good, enjoyable movie. I think everyone in the family would enjoy it. There were some things though that my son, who was 10, didn't quite catch. So, not to say it's inappropriate for younger viewers, but they might not get some of the nuances and stuff in the storyline. But great movie. I'd highly recommend it for everyone looking just for a good feel good Christmas flick this year. I'll give operation Christmas Draw four out of five Mounties with their thumbs up.
2: Well, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for watching those movies. See, this is fun. Like I, I like talking about stuff. It's like everybody, what, what are we going to watch? Oh, Oh, okay. We'll all go watch this and let's all, you know, talk about it and give our reviews. I would like to invite you to do that anytime. If you want to watch something, let us know what you want to watch and then send in an audio review of it. We will definitely play it on the show. we would love to. I mean, it'd be so much fun. So Thank you all for joining us in these spirit of Christmas movies and fun. And it was fun. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Miss ice. Thanks for coming back.
0: Always a pleasure guys.
2: And captain as always, it's a pleasure. Now, if Santa could give everyone the same gift instead of separate, this is the gift that he would give everyone
0: deep thoughts with captain influence.
3: If Santa was an old thin dude, instead of an old fat dude, Would he even survive the cold at the North Pole? Maybe, if Mrs. Claus cut open the belly of a tauntaun and stuffed him inside.
2: You know what the music means. (laughs) You know, I thought this episode Uh, smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) 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 Thank you, guys. That was so much fun. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, have fun next week. We're going to be here next week. Friday, it's Christmas Day. We will have an episode, so join us next week. Have a great week until then. Real Brian Show is signing
0: off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.